Hi, y'all. This is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and we're doing a special episode today with uh, intern Josh. And welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> nice to talk to you, AJ. Yeah, man. Like apart from my normal like 8 a.m. phone calls, not or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I text at midnight. Where, where's the stuff? So Josh, you know, Josh has been with us, y'all, for about a month. Uh, we mm-hmm. month on Monday or Tuesday, and um, you know, he came into this. He's a rising junior um, at Columbia University in New York, and um, a, a fellow Austinite at Bowie, from Bowie High School. For those who are in the Austin ISD system. And you no, know, I'm gonna let Josh introduce himself a little bit. I could talk, I could run his stats. One of them talk about himself. Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much a lot of it right now. Uh, entering my junior year at Columbia University, uh, played football there as well. Studying. What do you play? Uh, I'm right now. I'm an outside linebacker, in the rover position. Um, so that's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, studying sociology uh, and education as well. And so this whole lobbying world of lobbying is very new to me. Um, and I've definitely learned a lot, so I guess we'll get into that later. But yeah, fellow Austinite, Bowie, Bowie High School, go dogs! And South Austin, I should mention too. South Austin, yeah, yes. South Austin for sure. So uh, as as am I. And like and Josh, I mean, so going into this, right? Like you know, we had talked about just career stuff um, mm. and future. I think in the fall, right, came out of our office. Yeah, yeah. In terms of city government, right? I mean, what was your you know, we're, and we're a month in, and where we've structured the program, the internship program, is to, I mean, be really intentional in kind of side, you know, and in, in introducing you to, to parts of the city, city government, city government and process, you know, in doses, right? And then they add, those add up. But coming into this, right, you, I mean, what was your basis for, what was your understanding of city government, of the council, and just city of Austin and workings in general? Yeah, I mean, I honestly did not know much on I feel like if you had to put a percentage on it I probably knew maybe five percent I knew about Mayor Adler um I couldn't even name you my district council member who's Paige um, Ellis your district yeah, Paige, district eight, Paige Ellis. yeah <laughs> yeah like, I couldn't name you her but um so yeah coming in I really did not know much about Austin City Council or City Council um in general about how governments and cities work and so um, the structure of what we've been doing, I think, has been really good, um, especially starting off. There's a lot of accessible stuff that you've given me. And so this is stuff that I wouldn't have looked into on my own. Um, and it's crazy that all of it's like right there on the website, on the um, Austin or Texas. What is it? Texas Gov? It's Austin, or Austin Gov. Gov. It's Texas Gov. I, should, it, I have to say, but yes, that's nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And there's so much on there. And then... Um, you know, listening to council hearings and getting to put uh, faces to the names of the people, of the council members and uh, the city manager um, has been extremely helpful because I feel like I know them, um, at least from that aspect. Yeah, like, like, like I explained to Josh, I mean, a lot of this job, I mean, you can, it, it comes down to just being familiar with the faces and names. And so the best way to do that, and this is how I started my, you know, started my career at the Capitol, the lobby mm-hmm. side, he's watching enough hearings you watch the hearings almost like, I mean, not a trivial way, but it becomes like a TV show in the sense of you become familiar with the, who's talking, their names, their interactions with their fellow uh, you know, council members. And a lot of times too, there's always, there, there are, um, you know, there are people who testify who are known like public testifiers mm-hmm. that feel for the process and everything else, which is the foundation I think of lobbying. I mean, everything else, I mean, but you got to know the names and faces first and foremost, right? And almost, 
so intuitively that you see you almost like you see him in the street and like immediately like district uh, comes out and yeah, yeah, yeah and then from there you know again we're gonna get into capital stuff going the fall but like it's the same kind of thing it's just on a scale but that's it you see enough and it gets in your head because you just the hard part i told you before is the capital especially you see well even the local government you see people out like in this in the you know civilian civilian life right you're like and you want to say council member just you know and you know who they are you know you know yeah are, and like everyone else is like oh that's just so and so you know most people don't know who the council members are i found so um what's been the thing you know so you've been here a month what's been yep i mean what's been the thing that surprised you the most about just city council or the whole any, about, any part of the process yeah um that's a good question uh surprised me the most I guess is the demographics of each district. I mean, I, I knew living in South Austin, I, I have a bit of an understanding of the demographics and how they're sort of split up in the city of Austin. Um, but yeah, actually, like, black, white, brown kind of thing, or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, actually having a map visual of the district and how they're split up, and then the demographics of that in each district was um a bit surprising to me it's like you have district one over in east austin and then you know districts 10 and 6 um in west austin what northwest austin mm-hmm. um and so just how that formed with the census data and everything was um surprising but i mean it made sense to me what about the um the uh, the gentleman's agreement right like that whole thing yeah the gentleman's yeah. agreement too i mean that's stuff that i would never hear about and it was what canceled or eradicated pretty recently well it can't um, yeah so for, for those who aren't familiar uh you know outside, well, even in austin or outside of austin the, the gentleman's agreement and that's just the name that you know quote unquote they gave it um was basically no it was a deal where our understanding rather within the austin community black and hispanic and the white community that make i'm sure it was thrust upon black and hispanic community but it was a deal where you had there was there was going to be one black seat and one hispanic but one Mexican seat on the city council. And that deal, that understanding held through to, uh, re- till the 10 one system in the like 2014. When they, when they yeah. Went in. Yeah. So it was, and it was all those things like when I found out about it, you know, and again, a layer because we're, we're both, we've been here. I mean, I, I, I came here when I was seven, you were born and raised here. You came here earlier. Too. I came here all six. Yeah. Okay. But like, you don't think about that with Austin, right? But no. still, you know, it's not, I don't think the same thing that's not, uncommon for cities in the south or the north honestly but that it, it held for a long time and there have been battles to try to break that um it wasn't a lot of people were just resigned to it but it's just it held for a very long time and i view that as something as we're getting these conversations now about institutional racism oh we're getting we're delving deeper and they've always been around mm-hmm. uh, this stuff to me that's the most telling thing because we still see the results of that as you know just from council we had 10-1, and when that came in, you immediately had one from, you know, you know, three, three Hispanics were elected to council. One was, you know, first Latina uh, elected to council, Mayor Pro Tem the Garza. Garza, yeah. But still those, like the, you look, you know, for, you know, uh, two, three, and four, and then district one, you know, that's Natasha Upper Madison is D1, but those districts are still along, they call it the Eastern Crescent now, it's like a more whimsical name, but it's the East Side, right? Yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah, and the East Side is, Black and Mexican for the most part. I mean, it's being gentrified now, but it's that's and then it's actually becoming a lot more, a lot of a bigger percentage of the Asian populations are in D four as well. But it's mainly it still holds you know I thirty five East thirty 
East 535 is, um, is, you know, traditionally black and Hispanic and then white downtown to Clarksville, Terrytown, all that and mm. circle C, everything else is, yeah, circle C, you know, right. I mean, great Hills, all that stuff. Right. I mean, it's all, it's all like mainly white. And so, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. These conversations play out to that and the new census. Um, I mean, as we know, I think that Austin's black population in the city overall is shrinking. I mean, like the core, the core city is shrinking. Bloorville has like 17% of the population is black, which is not, I mean, it's not. It's not a big like, number. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because like, I remember like, I just can't imagine. <laughs> like, I think when I was in high school, when I was, your, when I was in high school, like I know Austin's population, black people was like 9%. So when you say I mean, 17% is like, I don't know, man. That's not, I mean, it's not as much as Atlanta, but like, it might as well be compared to Austin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So like just, you know, what, I mean, what else have you picked up on just uh, uh, in the last month? Yeah, I mean, one big thing is clearly lobbying, and I really did not know about that either. What was, yeah, what, too much what, about. Yeah, what was your impression? I mean, what, what, what was your impression of it? Of lobbying? Yeah, actually, Fire. funny story with that. We had we had a guy come in who's, I think, the husband of one of my teachers, my government teacher in high school at Bowie. Mm-hmm. And um, he was a lobbyist. Who was it? State, I forgot his name. There's uh, only so many, man. Last name, last name was Floyd. <sighs> a lot of lobbyists live in your neighborhood, too. Probably, yeah. Neighborhood, last like, name was parents, my parents are neighbors. So, like... <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, like, our neighbor, my parents' neighborhood, your parents' neighborhood, a lot of lo- there are a lot of lobbyists who live in, like, sort of that area. Huh. Lloyd. All right, go on. Yeah, but he came in, and he kind of, like, told us about the world of lobbying, but he was, like, very cutthroat. This is what I remember as, like, a senior in high school. He was very, like, cutthroat, and um, he was like, if I do this for you guys, I'm going to try to, like, introduce this thing for you guys. You guys are a collective unit. He's talking to the classroom. And um, you guys are going to pay me this much money to advocate for y'all and get this passed through, like, the state level or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, like, cool. <laughs> that was pretty much it as far as lobbying went. But then, you know, That's now. It actually, yeah. Yeah, so. right? No, I mean, it It was a pretty good insight. So I had I had that much insight. But then, you know, you've been talking about the information side of it and then, you know, who you know. And who knows who what like who knows who you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was a big aspect of it that I didn't understand coming in either, which um, has been really cool to pick up on. Um, because I mean, I like to think that I'm like very personable, and I love talking to people and getting to know people. So like that's a huge aspect. That's why I brought you on, Josh. That's why I brought you on. Like you just you got thank you. Yeah. Being per, I can't make you personable, right? No. I can't make you likable. That's a hard, that's just a hard, yeah, yeah, I found yeah. uh, in law school, some people just aren't likable people. Like there's nothing, it's nothing against them. It's just, you're not, I mean, like, you know, my mom, like she, and honestly, I thought I was giving her an offer because uh, Tony, everybody Bruce, loves her. Every, you say it, everyone, everybody, red, blue. I mean, she's just like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a distilled version of her because and I'll say this, I told her this, I'll say it to, the, to live long. Like she just has it, that thing that, you know, um, she's a preschool teacher, but like she just uh-huh. she's, she's gotten me business. I'm talking to the audience. Like she's brought, she's found me. She'll be at a, you know, she'll be at a, uh, at whatever jury summons and talk to someone next to her. And end up like sitting me in some business or hey, she talked to so and so. They do this. I'm like, 
Jesus. So I, I, I do have her on a, on a biz dev retainer where she sends me, she gets me something. Cause she, people like her and like, they like talking to her and that's, that's, that's exactly. That's, yeah. So yeah. And I, I love Miss Tony. She's I've known her since we moved here. I think. Yeah. yeah. I want to give her a shout out because her birthday is Monday. She was 65. And I'm like, when she wants a second career, third career, and probably bring her over to the firm and just have her do, do something <laughs> this damn Just have her reach out to people, yeah. Pretty much. They like, people, like her, people like her more than me. I mean, my friends included. So, but yeah, man, I think the job, you know, with especially the information part, um, my goal with this whole program with interning, it's not just about, and you, you're, you're done there doing some practical things, right? It's not just, it's really to talk about, like the, what we do, like lobbying, but it's also the business of this stuff too. Like, I mean, fundamentally I'm an entrepreneur. I started this company, you know, three years ago. And there are things about like, you know, how we market, what we do. We have these, you know, you're writing blog posts for us. We post things, right? Yeah. yeah. All these. So it's like, there's, that's the thing I, I think it's hard to, that I don't see a lot of, right. There's, I can teach you how to go email someone, do a phone call, but like, I really want to focus too on the business of this because Ultimately, this program is about building the kind of lobbyists we want for the firm, and I need those people to understand like the business of this too. Not just it's not just you making friends; it's you like you know you like I told you before. We're all I'm beholden to the firm as much as an associate is or anyone else. In the sense of like I have to do my part to build like my brand is the firm's brand, and like your development mm-hmm. brand that benefits us and benefits you too, right? And on my end, it's about promoting our talent and making sure they're you know in the lane of things are getting what they need in terms of education but also just promotion as well in the world right so it's been fun man you're like my yeah this is the first time i've been doing a structured program as uh-huh. well and we talked this before hey, josh is my pilot in this so we're, we're, we're i think it's on a good track we're getting there yeah i really think it's yeah. been good i mean it's crazy how fast it's gone by it's already a month this will be friday yeah this will be the month considering after. Considering we've only spoken once in person too, so I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I realized I was dropping stuff at my parents' house, and I stopped by his house. I was like, I should probably just go talk to him in person. I usually just usually by screen. So, but yeah, man, I think um, you know I'm excited. This next two months, we were talking before the show a little bit about some initiatives we have going on, uh, leading into budget season mm-hmm. in mid or mid late July. So it's going to be really fun stuff. Dude, so I was curious, man. Um, you know, because you're so you turn 21 next early next month. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks, man. 21, yeah. No, like, I, you know, I, I'll send you a virtual bottle of champagne. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll send it to your parents. Um, All right. You know, yeah, yeah. This guy, I want them like calling like my mom and yelling at me about that. Um, what just policy wise, right? You know, we're I just turned 37 in May. We have there's a big a good a good amount of time between both of us. I'm really curious, prospectively. Uh, your perspective generationally what you're seeing in terms of policy issues that you know that really speak to your generation right i guess you're yeah. what, Gen Z? i don't know i'm a little gen z I was, I was told i was i'm an elder like i was told by julie you know inter, or associate julie's she just turned 23 wednesday but apparently i'm an elder millennial because she and i are the same generation like jesus she was born like 97 yeah you are oh yeah, you are an elder oh, millennial like, what year are you born tough you like, 99 99 so i'm gen i'm gen uh-huh. z you're Gen Z? Are you, you older, you elders at Gen Z or like right in the middle? I'm like, I want to say right in the middle. I'm not actually sure. If Gen Z goes like to 14 or 13 or something like that? or I have, I have no oh, idea. I, I just old. know I'm not a millennial. Oh, my God. Well, think about that. I mean, I remember seeing Josh when he was like in grade school, so. Uh. Yeah. I grew a lot of hair <laughs> since then. 
And mine's receded. Oh, and my yours, yeah, yours has uh, gone down. Mine's gone up. It's a gray. Uh, but, yeah, man, yeah, I mean, policy-wise, like, what are the things uh, that, you just, that, you know, I mean, I could, I could read about this stuff, right, but just what do you uh, care about? What do you care about in the world? Yeah, I mean, especially now with um, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement gaining traction um, and people finally becoming a little bit more aware of the systemic racism that's been in our country for so long. Um, that's one thing that I've seen on social media. And then I can talk about social media too, um, as it retains the policy or pertains to policy, but like seeing how many people have started to, you know, listen and engage to what black and brown people have to say about this um, has been a big deal for me because I have a platform and I have the ability to talk to um, a wide amount of people who may not understand this. And so when it comes to like policy there, um, I think this actually helps a lot too, because now I've been able to listen in on hearings and hear what community members have to say. And so I can reach out to my friends and um, people that I'm close to and say, hey, like Austin Council is thinking about this, this and that. I've heard people talk about this and this. Um, I think you need to be doing such and such. And then um, with social media, I know you know about Facebook and Twitter um, and how they're trying to regulate uh, how they put out or how they mm -hmm. control media and you know information on their platforms. That's a big deal too. And I think that's really big for us because we have social media like so ingrained in our daily lives. I mean, we grew up with it. Uh, you were talking about the other day how you had Facebook in what, like 2005 or I think we got it my junior year or my senior year of college, I think my senior year of college, right? Which is not, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, like I, so we got it. I mean, and I told you, I remember figuring it out. Like we, I, I used to have a Friendster account, right? Friendster was the early version of Facebook. I don't like, even know what that is. I know, man. Like, it, 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 you know, it was stuff that like, it, it was funny looking back on all these sites that were social media sites or trying to, you know, figure it out and Facebook came along and got it, got it right for a reason. And, you know, but it came to me like, yeah, my, 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 I think I was 20. Right, it's about your age right now when I got that. And then from that, you know, to now, how much, you know, we obviously we've adapted, but I wasn't born with this, right? I wasn't born with the internet, right? I was no, born yeah. with Like, we got the internet, like, I remember having an AOL dial-up. <laughs> I remember getting the AOL, like, you get 15 hours, of, you buy, uh, you have a certain amount of hours for a month, and then your dad picks the phone up, your mom picks the phone up, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then that, uh, you know, it just, you know, we get the internet, and then you go to college, you know, my first time having high-speed internet, and then, you know, like, like having, the internet we have now, having that in college, right? And you're just like, oh, the whole world's there. We had, I remember uh, Napster. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm I've heard about Napster. Yeah. I'm just indulging too much. Napster, like, we're just downloading, we're, I, was, I, went to the, I went to the Science Academy. We're just downloading music all day. <laughs> so we're doing. Yeah, and see, now we have Spotify and things yeah. like that. But. That, was, that was before the lawsuit, too. It was before like, the feds cracked down on it. We're just like downloading, like, just all of this music, yeah. <laughs> No, but it's, it's things like that, that, you know, we've grown up with. Um, and I think people are more tolerant about going back to, um, you know, systemic racism um, and protests on that and change that we want to see. You know, it's a lot of young people that, are, that have been really active out on the streets and out on social media and in the news. Um, and it's also, I mean, I'm not calling you old. You're not old. 
but you know, it's also your group too. Yeah, not old, not young, but like I'm just right there. You know, you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's one thing. And then you know, police reform too is a big is a big thing, and that's something that um, you've actually allowed me to pursue with you guys. So I've been drafting a blog post for that um, and some of the policy that uh, the four major cities in Texas have been taking. Mm-hmm. Hopefully people see that soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are the big things that, you know, I see myself really caring about um, and then my peers as well. Yeah. Touching on that, man, that was timely, the activism with you, with your, with your, your demographic, your, your generation, um, you know, with uh, Trump, you know, President Trump had the rally in Tulsa last Saturday. The time was flying. I think it was Saturday. But you saw, like, basically, it came out reportedly that a lot of, like, K-pop fans, I don't, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. pop music fans, and it was some other group, like, just kind of got coordinated and bought all these tickets or registered all these, reserved all these tickets to make the, the actual attendance a lot low. A few things. One, like, Break down what what's the allure of K-pop? I know a K-pop. I mean, I I heard K-pop when I was in in college. What is the allure of K-pop for your generation? And you're speaking for your whole Gen Z. So what is it? Yeah, I probably shouldn't be the one to speak on it. I haven't listened to K-pop at all, so I actually have no. Get your get your sister in there. Like, yeah, she's. Yeah, I don't know where she's probably asleep. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm like I, I, I don't. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's not. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's definitely my generation, but it's not everybody i honestly like i don't know too many k-pop fans i guess that's just my friend group i don't listen to k-pop so i can't speak too much on that okay um, TikTok. But, well, TikTok. yeah tiktok i also don't use too much but my friends you're do getting use old, it man. You're old. I, no yeah. i'm not old i'm just <laughs> trying to not be on my phone 24 7 if i download that's TikTok, wise that's why right i had i had vine I don't. I hope you know what Vine was. I remember. I never used it. But I remember Vine. I remember what Vine is. Yeah. Yeah. I had Vine, and I think I spent eight hours a day on Vine in middle school. So I was like, TikTok is pretty much a Vine. If I get TikTok, I'll be on there for hours. <laughs> um, but no, actually, TikTok. It's funny that you brought that up because um, with the Trump rally and the tickets, that was organized on TikTok. That's that what Vine was. Yeah. yeah. That's TikTok. What, um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that's the platform they use to organize that. And um, I actually heard one thing about how if you ordered the tickets, it was just kind of a placeholder. And then if you show up to the rally, it's first come, first serve. I'm not sure how true that was. I haven't looked into it. Um, But regardless, I mean, it was it it looked successful. Yeah, yeah. And I think the interesting to me, right, we talked a little bit about this um, earlier this week was just when I talk about your generation, right, I mean, because it again, time will come at you fast, right? And so the, it start, it's, it's the fact that you have, with your age range, folks who were born and raised with social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, what's nuts is, I mean, I, well, there are kids, I mean, some kids are, were born, like their parents, they've been on social media before they even were aware of it, right? Like they've been, I have friends who are taking ba- pictures of babies, their baby, they're, they're cataloged and logged from their sonogram, everything they have, right, for that, this probably kids born I don't know, let's say 2010 and on right or as mm-hmm. soon as, as soon as iphones were, were prevalent you have whole yeah you have whole lives that are gonna be logged just from your parents account right and so that interests me point is though it starts with tiktok but like it's how does this shape how your generation is going to just influence things even how you think right because at some point 
you will take, you assume your place in like leadership and roles yeah. and policy, whether it's elected officials, um, staffers, company heads, management, all those things, right? And these things, I mean, it is a shift in thinking, right? And I like, guess something even in, in working, I think, I'm well, the whole team, and you're 20, you're 21, Julie's 23. It, I've been more, I want to make it very intentional having a team that is, has a generational spread to be able to think because there's sort of, I mean, after a while, I mean, you, I can't, I can, I can try to understand, right? But like, I can't think like someone who grew up with internet their whole life because I didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everything like, like cyberbullying, I understand it. But like I, I mean, I I had real bullying in school. Like yeah, you did. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like I just you know hit him back or you know fight back or whatever. But like, how do you do it when someone's like, you know, They're attacking you online or, 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 dox, or dox a dox attack or whatever else or all this stuff? Uh-huh. And it changes like even but all those things go into how you pursue, you know. Well, I think with this this you know lobbyists in the future, right? Which you could be one, you know how you think of the world, how you pursue even going after politicians or anything else for staff is different than I would do it because it, it will, is will be the technology will be different. Yeah. This will always be a personal business. However you got to do it. You'll have, it's a very personal thing. Like I don't, I don't know how an AI because you know, as long as humans vote on things, right. You're gonna need some level of, as long as those people don't trust the machine, a machine can help us out a lot. Right. And you know, if I, if I'm wrong, we'll see. I feel this is one of those jobs, though, that in the day, it's like, you know, you want, you know, you're a human being voting and you want to know, you know, I, see, the thing is, I say that, but then if you grew up with Siri your whole life, like if you're a baby that was born 2020 and you've been used to talking machines your whole life, you know, and they're talking back to you and they're going to get better. What do you care? Yeah. Right. I'll be retired by then. So we'll matter. <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> it won't matter for you. We got, we got to think about the kind of stuff. Even now though, it's like, okay, I can think enough about if I'm a kid and I'm used to saying Siri this or whatever. Um, and then the voices are getting better talking to me. I'm used to, I'm comfortable with the machine giving me recommendations. I kind of am to a degree, but I'm kind of not right. But that's going to change. And I mean, you have to be open to, to either, rolling with it or knowing when to exit out of it and like meets retire and you know that kind of stuff and as a firm though you know i want this i want this to go beyond me is thinking about that stuff it's like it just it's not the, it's just the aj show like, well it is until it isn't right until i have people on the team uh-huh. the whole goal is to say great what happens is 2040 right what's awesome like in 2040 what's the nature of our business look like and like you know my role is to, to a certain point and make sure people who can manage those new changes that will come whether it's kids growing up in a pandemic or whatever maybe you know and just trying to get out of that so yeah i think you know I, i'm really curious to see how it plays out because even like like it will be discounted by some folks you know tiktok activism but the same way facebook activism is downplayed even though you know it's, it definitely works right and so um but i think about like what comes next and that interests me a lot like there's tiktok now there's gonna be something new it, it's the same thing, just repackaged, right? Mm-hmm. And then all, it's, it's, it's those kids' own thing until they grow up, and then all their kids are like, oh, you're on TikTok, yeah, you're, it's all that's for our grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, one thing that I actually heard from, I was talking, I think it was my uncle, um, and somebody was questioning, you know, it's like, oh, these kids are going out to these protests, which I think is good, but, like, why are they, you know, taping themselves there? Like, why are they showing 
why why are they putting this on social media like are they really just going to the protest to like show that they were there mm -hmm. um and i think the thing like the, i think the difference between that ideology that you know other generations ideology and then our generation's ideology is that you know we did grow up with social media and we did grow up you know putting our lives out on social media um so that's like it's natural it's normal it's not necessarily like oh we went there with the intention the only intention to um show that we're there it's like no it's like we're somewhere and we've been wired to want to show that we're somewhere yeah that we're, whole life. That we're in the act of doing something yeah exactly like yeah. our whole life has been that yeah. um and i can recall like so many times it's like that's what we've grown up with you know your generation and generations before didn't necessarily grow up with that um, so that's yeah. one big thing. That's a big difference between ideologies of generations. And then another yeah. thing I think that will like be very transformative is just transparency. And then you're already seeing it on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's like with politicians too, um, and in government, you're seeing these people. Um, and I mean, Trump literally tweets whatever he wants at any time of the day on mm -hmm. Twitter. And um, you have AOC, who's very vocal in person and on Twitter, um, and other politicians and other celebrities. Um, and, you know, it can be detrimental, um, and it can also be very helpful. Um, and so those are kind of the things that we'll have to learn how to balance. But I think my generation, and as we progress, will like be very good about what they do on social media. Yeah. Um, and how they portray themselves. Because, and I've had this conversation with my friends, but it's almost like, you want to think like you don't have two different personalities, but you, there might be the physical you. And as we get like more into the future um, and as social media and technology gets more ingrained into us in these next generations, like there will be two yous. It'll be the physical you and then it'll be the you online because that'll be another you that people see maybe more times than they see you. And as we're doing this, like we're on, zoom we're doing zoom meetings um like you said we only have seen each other one time in person and i've been working functionally for you for a month so yeah i mean i haven't seen julie that. i haven't seen her associate uh, julie or associate since february in person so yeah. like yeah and i think you know dude it's interesting point too with um the idea of like two years i mean that's one thing i think about now i just because there's to me it's one and the same right if it, and to your point though if anything the you online is vastly more important because more people can see that at any given time. Like me being mm -hmm. out here in, in the, you know, in the real world, I'm limited, you know, maybe if I'm on a zoom call, X amount of people can see me, but it's still limited on online. I'm billions can look at you at once, right? For better or for worse. We've seen that happen. Exactly. You know, yeah. All outs or that one faux pas or intentional comment you said online goes viral and da 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 da. Right. And, that always gets me when I see, like, you'll see these cases of someone getting, um, you know, getting in trouble for a tweet they did when they were, like, 10. And in, in my mind, because I mean, they're, they're so younger than me, I'm like, oh, shoot, they were, like, 20, you know, there would be some NBA player, oh, he got busted for a tweet, he did when he was 16, he's 22 now, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is like, I'm like, if I had, I you know, man, like, it, you know, I'm curious with college and just the prevalence of, of, of phones, too, because... We, you know, we, I just didn't have, we, we had cell phones. We didn't have camera phones in college, right? Uh -huh. Barely in law school too. So like, it's a whole, I mean, is it, and it shows, I think you look at like, you know, people, what people post right now. Cause I feel like folks 
especially a lot of older folks my age, younger, you know, thirties and older don't, um, it's like they don't, they should, the common sense, but realize what they post can have consequences in the real world, right? And I mean, it, could be the, it could be the Karens, and it could be anyone, right? But like, yeah, yeah. realize like you saying this, like someone can trace your IP address and show it to your boss. I mean, like, you know, and this, you need to be a hacker for that, right? I mean, at this point, some of this stuff's pretty easy to do. You just need a name, you need an account, and you can figure it out pretty quick. We can Google it and trace an IP address. And it's interesting to me how many people still don't realize that, I mean, yeah, it's a it's free speech. You can say what you want. Um, one, Facebook is, in a, is an actual public forum. It's a, you know, they're getting, they're, you're, we are the product by using it, right? Uh-huh. That is the product. But that um, they just don't, uh, like, recognize what you say affects, you know, you, you as an individual in the real world and your company, too. Like, they're not yeah. part. And on the transparency part, I'm really curious to see, you know, if I'm blessed to live this long, like going in 2050, 2060, all these kids, you know, your age who are hitting 40 and stuff, when they start, you know, running for major office and because everything's out there, right? Like so basically a kid who was cataloged by their you know, parents, Sonic or anything else. So we all know your story. I can look you up and see your Facebook feed. See your whole life. I can see when your parents met, college. Yeah, they, everything. It posted, right? So the nature of that, and this is far speculation, but just then even the nature of society, you know, you have presidents, you know, like Obama was, you know, he, he in his books, he, he was open what he did. Like, you know, I did this, this in school. But we t- he, he, he said it. There wasn't catalog evidence of it. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, it's like, look, man, we have video, we have audio, we have, we have the receipts. We've got the video, audio, everything, man. Like, so are people going to be more honest? Like, hey, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I did, uh, 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 and here's the files. Like, so there's no, because the story is always the gotcha. It's not yeah, like. Yeah, it'll come out. Is that what you did? It's just like. Are you gonna admit it, or am I? Is some, is a reporter gonna bring it up, and then you have to like, you know, uh, backtrack it. And what does that? What does that mean for society, right? What does it mean like for politics, for even in our business too, right? If it's clients um, interacting with politics, I mean, if you know everything about a politician, um, and they know everything about you, right? I mean, was the nature of our business? Was that? Was that mean? And who knows? Again, I'll hopefully be retired by then, <laughs> unless stem cells get perfected. And I'm just going rocking and rolling like I'm 30 again, <laughs> which is a possibility. The future is. The future. It is. I get I get my bio, I get my biometric liver and eyes or whatever else, and I'm good to go. And You're good, yeah. Like I got another 50 years of this. I'll be covered in Bingham Group's insurance policy, so you'll be you know, you'll be uh, hopefully privy to that too, Josh. We all be good. Nice, I'll be good to go. Yeah, I just want your hair, man. I just want I see the hairline back. I'd be like a happier man. <laughs> it's like I'm young again now. My mom was like, you know, happy? I'm happy, man. He's, he's, anyway, anyway, man. Well, Josh, uh, thanks for your time, dude. Um, I'll yeah, check, of course. I'll check out your stuff later. And uh, otherwise, man, have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you on Monday.